Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Our episode on Friday night was so sad. Yeah, it really was. It was so sad. Again, they're all sad. They're all all sad. sad, But some are just so sad. It's a really great case, but yeah. Yeah. We made a judgment call. We picked a repeat, and I picked the most complicated two sides to every story. There might be debating going on. I don't know how Katie feels. I know, I I think our audience might be divided about this one. I don't know. Well, but I have a fun. feeling it's going to be like 80-20. I don't know. But why did I pick such a complicated episode? It's a fascinating case because it does get you thinking. And then it's always interesting when we get these cases where we see fully one side and then fully someone else's story. It's that memory thing, too. Yes. It plays a little bit into that. Absolutely. I thought you might enjoy it. So this yeah. is called Miles from Nowhere, which is a good title, I guess. Yeah, Season I 22, so. episode 5, October 18th, 2013. Keith is our host. Will he lean? He most definitely so much. will lean. I have already taken screenshots of the leans and sent them to our friend Emily at Keith Leans on Things Instagram account. You should follow her Instagram account. She has way more followers than we do, and she's hilarious. She analyzes she all of Keith Leans. We're hosted, of course, by Lester. It's great to see him in a vest because it's a repeat. So this happens in the Sierra Nevada mountains, July 2011. Chad Wallen Reed. He owned this really cute cabin in the woods. It doesn't give off creepy cabin in the woods vibes to me. Did it to you? Katie's making a little face. I think all cabin in the woods give off cabin in the wood vibes. I can see that. And there's no electricity at this cabin, which immediately made me... I was stuck at a cabin in Lake Tahoe years ago. I think you remember this. And the power went out because there was a storm. So we were out without power for several days. And I was with multiple people. And the things that were happening in the toilets. (laughs) I thought that happened in Mexico. No, it did happen in Mexico again. (laughs) But it did happen also in Lake Tahoe. And I can't describe what sort of the upkeep without electricity we're so spoiled but we're so spoiled to think you know absolutely they said they had a generator but in my mind generator doesn't do everything no there's also no cell phone service and no landline but and then when i heard generator i immediately was like does that mean there's no tv are you kidding me there's no tv that's what i need i need a hand crank powered tv Does it also mean that it's loud? Because generator to me makes me nervous because if you're hearing a generator, it means you're not hearing things in the woods that you should be hearing, i.e. bears. Bears. Right. There (laughs) we go. So Chad and his wife, Carrie, would teach their kids to fish and swim in the lake. Very idyllic for like 10 seconds. And then it's not idyllic anymore. Right. And then we cut to Keith leaning on a backdrop of cows. He's doing one of those air leans where he's just leaning on the air. There's no there's nothing propping him up unless it's like an invisible pole. But he's in front of a whole bunch of cows that don't seem impressed. Black cows. Black cows. But... That don't seem impressed that Keith is there. He's in black leather. And he's in black leather. (gasps) That's why they were not paying attention to they were snubbing him because they were Maybe he was trying to be like, I'm your friend. I'm one of you. (laughs) He was trying to blend in. I look just like you guys. My skin is yours. I was surprised no one thought of it. I was like, maybe he should be in a... He's in a different coat for most of the episode. He loves that leather jacket. 
They're behind him. They're maybe behind it's you, leather. Keith. Keith, it's they're behind maybe you. vegan leather. It's absolutely not vegan No, leather. of course not. So Chad at the cabin is very worried about safety and security. So it's not really an idyllic, tranquil place. He is on edge all the time. He had been an army ranger. And like a lot of vets, he carried some baggage from war times, which is totally understandable. They relied on God to help him through that. Again, I'm not going to say better help, maybe some therapy. But I know that's hard. I know it's hard to encourage someone to go to therapy if they don't want to. So Chad felt like he needed to protect his family because the cabin had been broken into several times in the past few years. And Chad's a man who loves his guns. So he filled the cabin with guns, including AR-15s. Where are the locks on the guns. Sorry, they show a gun cabinet, like a gun closet, which means he has them locked. If they're in a gun closet, I would hope. Some of them, not one later. One later is not. Did he have multiple AR-15s? Yes, he he did. Oh, yeah, And multiple kinds of ammunition. Again, you can totally, just please be a responsible gun owner, especially if you have children. That's how I feel. The only thing that I can guess is that he absolutely was because he was so worried about stuff. I would hope that he knows that, but I don't know. Again, we don't know. All we know is that there's a lot of them. There's a lot of guns. And Keith asks him, what's the attraction of those, the AR-15s? Because Keith is from Canada, and I feel like he's just not as obsessed with guns. And Chad says, the fun of shooting them. And Keith is like, okay. So this is 4th of July weekend, 2011, and they had friends staying up at their property. And these friends do not appear on Dateline, and it would have been very helpful to get their side. I'm assuming they spoke at the trial because they witnessed some of this stuff. We don't even get to see them at the trial. Who are the friends? Are they running power off a separate generator? (laughs) Why are you so concerned about the generator? Do they have a toilet? No, Who, it's, how many people are using the to toilet be. in the okay, cabin? Okay, so there's the cabin, and then they had their friends camp out, maybe with a, it looked like a tent, but maybe a trailer as I well. I think it was a trailer. They showed a trailer. Okay, so they're sleeping in their trailer, so they maybe have a toilet or maybe just go in the woods. They use leave no trace principles. I know, I watch many a YouTuber with their shovel, and you dig a cat hole, and you go in the woods. I know all the rules. Okay. And some people do it. I would just have liked to have seen these friends or known, number one, how many people? Was it a family? Were there kids? Were Were they allowed to come into the house and use the toilet? What was going on? We're not getting anything except that they were camped out there. And a lot of stuff is happening around the house during these next few minutes. So what did they see? I just feel like it would have been a really helpful, even if they had said, we spoke to them and this is what they said. And we don't get anything yeah or they decline not to speak with us at all because they'd like to forget the whole thing which is understandable yeah it is so the first night of the weekend at 2 a.m chad wakes up and he hears a commotion outside and he looks out and he sees a spotlight waving all over the place and he goes outside and sees a car speeding and speeding away So he gets in his truck and chases the car, drives down to the edge of the driveway, because it's one of those long driveways, and he sees that they have taken one of his many solar lights that mark the border of the property. They are like $5 little solar lights. The lights, yeah. 
they've taken one. So this was terrorizing to them, to him and the family. Though his wife, Carrie, was terrified. The children were scared that the people would come back and they would hurt someone. I feel like the children were very scared of this needlessly. And they were being made afraid of something that wasn't that scary. Okay. That's I don't know my if I opinion. agree with that. I have okay. a little bit of a different opinion just because if I was a kid and I was out in the mountains, that would have scared me. And all yeah, of a sudden there was a bright light. But if I were light. the parent, I would be like, it's totally fine. And instead, I feel like the parents were on high alert now. I'm feeling like the parents were saying to the kids, that's fine. But kids can pick up on parents being anxious with each other. Exactly. So if the parents are being anxious with each other or talking in really tense tones around yes. a corner or something like that, the cabin was probably small. So they probably were overhearing the parents. Yeah. I'm sure the parents were saying the right. I'm sure that the mom, Carrie, who we meet, was comforting those children. Yes, that's but, true. So Chad feels like he failed because the kids are scared. He needs to protect his kids. The next day, he's running an errand during the day, and Carrie sees a Jeep driving up to the property being driven by a young man who stops and looks around, like maybe he's lost. But Carrie feels immediate danger. She has her kids duck down inside the cabin, and she pulls out her gun, which is a strong reaction, just shows how terrified they were, whether legitimately or not. And the person backed up and drove away. And Carrie was, like I said, totally terrified. I don't know if I would keep going to this cabin if I had been broken into that many times. I would be nervous. And they had been broken into earlier that year. I don't know if I would go and stay right now. Yeah. This feels not safe. Yeah. If you're that worried about being unsafe, maybe it's not safe. Yeah. Would you be it nervous if you were going up to a cabin that you know had been broken into multiple times, including a few months before? Yeah, I feel like there's nothing to indicate people were breaking in while you were there, but I do feel like it's super traumatizing to have your place broken into and you feel very violated. And yeah, I would be if you are so scared that someone who might just clearly be lost drives by your property and is trying to get their bearings, go into that, town. That makes you pull a gun out. Yeah, go into town. That's scared. Yeah. I would be like this is not healthy right now. This isn't a fun vacation. Are that. we in the movie The Strangers or one of many movies with that exact same plot? Right, where people, right. Also, the light would scare me more than the person driving up. A light in the night that was really, really bright because it could be, if you're, especially if you're a kid, it could be anything. It could be aliens. Like yeah. you could just work that up in your brain however you yeah. need it to be. That's a good point. So what we're going to hear next is both complicated and disputed, Keith tells us, which is why Dateline has created their own. And I was watching going, please say reimagine Keith is going to do basically what I'm going to call a reimagine but it's not really. It kind of is, though. It's like they're reenacting and shooting video of cars chasing each other and things happening. So mm -hmm. it's basically a reimagine except it doesn't have the key thing that that has for us, which is terrible acting. No, That's what not. I'm looking for. It just has cars it just and has invisible cars. drivers. Yeah. yeah, and we see like bodies, but we don't see them, like their faces. We don't see the acting. I really want to see the acting choices. Mm -hmm. So it was 10 a.m. on the next night. Chad is sitting outside on the porch with his friends, just hanging out. He notices a car drive up 
the dr- up to the driveway and shut off its headlights, which is super creepy. Yes. It, full on The Strangers. Every horror movie starts this way. And, and I knew it, right now, if yeah. someone had gotten out in a mask. <laughs> Any kind of mask. I probably would have fainted. Yeah. Terrified. I'd be like, this is it. Uh, yeah, I'm- I would be this. I, this is it. Kimberly, run to the woods. Run. Yeah. We, would, uh-huh. we would run. I, we are going to be the final girls in this movie. Yes, we are, because we're going to catch it early. Yeah. We're going to see them getting out, and we're going to run. Uh-huh. I'm not going to be like, what's going on? Hmm. Oh, I'm yeah. sure they just need help. They're just no. lost. They have a mask. No, you're no. not. They're wearing a pig mask. No, I'm done. Even if they're wearing a COVID mask. I'm it's saying done. no mask. And I am a mask-heavy person. I am a mask proponent, but I don't want to see a masked person get out of that car. So Chad has his AR-15 sitting right next to him on the porch. He's very on edge, clearly. Or maybe that was for bears? I don't know why you would just be chilling with your friends on a porch at your home with an AR-15, but whatever. The friend might be into it. Maybe the friend friend was into into the guns. They're talking about guns. So he fires a warning shot at this car. He does not yell anything like, get off my property, He does, he goes, he shoots at them, a warning Mm -hmm. shot. Mm -hmm. So then he sees someone running away. And I was like, yeah, because you're literally shooting at them. So he thinks it's the same guys as the night before. And he thinks these are bad guys. They're terrorizing us. And he says to Keith, because he's being interviewed by Keith, I wanted to chase after them to get their information, (laughs) to write down their license plate. Mm -hmm. That, sir, I do not believe for one second. That's not what was happening. No, and it would have been smart if that was really what was happening. That's a great idea. Yeah. But that's not what you were doing, though. I don't know if that's what was Don't lie. Like, when you lie about things like that, it makes you look worse. I Mm -hmm. feel like you could just be honest here. Mm -hmm. So he says, I mean, it was really apparent that this was more than just we're here to play and joke around with you. So what Chad does is he gets in his truck and he chases the car But this time he goes past his own driveway and he chases them on the mountain road at 50 miles an hour for over seven miles, which is a long time. It's longer than you think it is. It's like a lot of time, but maybe it goes by in the blink of an eye. So as he's chasing the car, time is relative to different people. So just watch Dark and you will see that. Stop it. let's, Let's talk about Dark. So... Chad is chasing this car in his truck down the mountain or up the mountain, whatever, on the mountain road, 50 miles an hour. And he says, someone was leaning out of the car. And I thought, Keith, Keith. is Keith in the car? So Keith, don't be leaning out of things. You can no. lean on things, not out of things, not we out of a Ferris wheel, not lane. out of a boat, nothing. Yeah. No. Oh, God, no. Out of a boat. I would. No, out of a boat. No, out of a helicopter. Out. Not off of a cliff like Andrea when she's in a harness. No. So the car is shining a spotlight at him. And again, we're watching this reenactment of what's happening. The Dateline is filmed. So they're blinding, blinded by the light. He's blinded by the light. And then he sees three flashes and heard three cracks, which he thinks is gunfire. And he points out he was in the army. He knows what gunfire sounds like. Uh He has... This is where he lost me a little. He has a pistol sitting in his cup holder of his car. Yeah, I wrote a big question mark on that. 
that's where I have questions. I needed him to go back and say it again because I don't know if he meant to say that, but it doesn't sound great. It sounds not great. That sounds bad. Yeah. So he shoots a few rounds out the window and he doesn't think he hit anything. Mm -hmm. Someone in the car in front throws a solar light out the window and then waves something shiny out the window, which Chad thought was a piece of plastic. In the reenactment, it looks like maybe a shirt or maybe a white or maybe a plastic tarp. Plastic bag? Like a tarp or yeah, like maybe a plastic trash trash bag. bag? Yeah. Yeah. So Chad keeps chasing them and he's in hot pursuit for seven miles and the car veers onto a dirt road and Chad is still chasing them. This is where I think he could have given, I think he could have given up at several points. I think he's scared them enough and they're not going to come back, but they, he follows them onto this little dirt road, which is a dead end road. And so the car turns around, does a 180 and is now facing him. And Chad felt like that was an escalation of tactics and needed to neutralize the threat because he's an army ranger guy. Mm -hmm. So he grabs the AR-15 and fires it out the window and he doesn't know how many. He just unloaded basically on this car. So the car's window blew out. The car comes to a halt and Chad hears a guy from the car saying, a young guy saying, I'm sorry, I give up. Please don't kill me. When he's describing that, what you just described, he says he got out of the car and fired? No, he's still in the car. But the car is facing him? Yes. Okay. So he says it doesn't feel good to have someone begging for your life, for their life. No, it does not. He says the guy yelled, I have a three-month-old daughter. But this made Chad very upset. Because he thought, what about my kids? You terrorized my kids. And they were scared. So now he's mad again. So he gets out of the car and he walks towards the car. He gets out of his truck. He walks towards the car carrying his AR-15 with the laser pointer on it like he's army. And he sees that the driver was hit and his like slumped over the steering wheel. He says he doesn't check for a pulse. He sees that there's a bullet in the guy's neck. And he realizes they don't pose a threat anymore. And he says, I'm going to call for help. So he drives back to his cabin and he's going to call the sheriff. Somehow he doesn't have a phone there. So Keith says, what was going through your mind as you're driving back to the cabin? And you can tell that Keith thinks Chad is going to say, oh, my God, what have I done? And Chad says, I'm thinking about what steps need to be taken to assess the situation. And Keith says, so none of that drive you were thinking, oh, my gosh, what have I done? And Chad says, no. And here's the thing. Keith was giving you an out there very clearly. Yeah. He gave you an out and you didn't take it. Yeah. That's a shame. Just say yes, Chad. When Keith asks you a question, just say yes. Good motto to live by. If he's leading you a certain way, go with the direction of the way that he's leading you. Exactly. So he goes back to the cabin. He tells his friends and his wife what happened. And his friend Jason says, well, let's drive down to where we have service to call the police because they don't have service there. Wait, so Jason? They all- the friend's name is Jason. Jason in a, ma- in a mask in the woods. Jason. <laughs> There's a okay. lake. We have a lot of good. Is your last name Voorhees? 
Is that Where's why he mom, declined? Jason? Is this why he declined? Is his last name like suspiciously close to Voorhees? Right, like, like Varhees. Yeah, Vormees. Yeah. And his mom is very close to him. Oh, boy. his mom was there? Yeah. In the trailer? In the trailer. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's okay. what's happening. So they all get in the car. They drive down the road to find reception. And they finally get through to 911. And they say, I need to report a shooting. So a games warden is the first to respond to the scene. And we're seeing this games warden, but not really his face. We're seeing like shots of his arms and stuff. It's very mysterious. Maybe he, he did doesn't not want to be on Dateline. Date he did not because they never call him by name. They keep calling him the warden, the game warden. warden. It was very mysterious. So we see him open up his trunk of his car. And, it's, and Keith is saying, what was shocking is who was riding with the games warden. And we're seeing this backpack in the back of a trunk. And I fully thought it was going to be a snake. Or a lion. Don't know how the lion would fit in the backpack. But I was like, who else would be riding with a games warden that would be very shocking? And it would be in his trunk in a bag. Lion cub. Lion cub. Lion king. I did think it was a dog. I did for sure think it was a dog or a wolf. It's one of the two. (laughs) A dire wolf. So then we see the hands unzipping the backpack and you're like, snake, wolf, lion cub. Who is it? It's a camera. Wow. And they're like a photographer. Oh. He was riding with a human photographer. And the human photographer's equipment was what they were zooming in on in the trunk. And you totally faked me out, Dayline. They did. But the photographer is there following the games warden for a reality show, which I thought was very funny. Which and one? I w- what was it? I would which like to one? watch. He tries to chase poachers and, you know, he has a very interesting solitary job working with the land. And so all these calls are coming in to Uh the cops and someone is calling about these two young guys covered in blood that are at a campground freaking everybody out because they're crying and saying our friends need help. So it turns out there are six guys total. Four are back at the car and two are at this campsite and they are all ages 19 to 20. And we're seeing a car. And we're seeing a car. And the car is not a minivan. So six (laughs) people are too many people for that car. Well, I I did think about my mom who used to tell me stories about how when she was a teenager, they would all pile in like 10 people in a car to go to the drive-in because they were charging by the car and friends would hide in the trunk and stuff. Before seatbelt laws. Before seatbelt laws, 100% before seatbelt laws. Right. These these guys are bows. Like something terrible that they happened to them, but they're bored teenagers, which we will get to. They are bored teenagers. We will get to their backstory. But they are young. They are 19 and 20, all of them. That is very young. So the sheriff is cuffing these guys, kind of treating them like suspects. They have guns drawn, except they're also really hurt, some of them. So they're, and we're seeing just kind of some of the guys, one's in a tank top and board shorts, and one is in super baggy jeans that are falling down. Like you can tell their age just from these, the images of their clothes. And there's, they have guns drawn at the scene of the car and they see a hand come up out of the grass, out of the tall grass, which is Does anyone want Katie and I to watch that movie on Netflix and then discuss it for Patreon? That would be fun. It's Stephen King. I do know that because you told me about it, but you didn't tell me details because you wanted me to watch it. Yeah. So it is interesting because remember, at this point, they're only hearing Chad's side of the story because Chad's the one 
called the attention to it. Exactly. And Chad told them they had a weapon. So that's why they have their weapons drawn and everything is because he's like, there was a shootout. Mm -hmm. It was shooting back and forth. And so that's what's happening. The photographer is filming this. That's why he was important. So we're seeing they're actually really being nice and tending to the wounds of the boys. Oh, yeah. No, they're being great. Even though they think they're suspects, they they can tell that these guys are terrified and very hurt. They're pretty much all wounded. The one guy who stuck his hand up out of the grass, his leg is just destroyed by a bullet. We'll get more on that later. And the driver was shot in the head, but he's still alive. And the other, so meanwhile, other deputies are interviewing Chad. Cut to Keith leaning on a green metal fence in a raincoat looking like Columbo. It was a beautiful lean. It was a great lean. Is this the brown coat? The brown coat. I believe that's called a barn coat, which I felt like was very appropriate. I love that. Mm -hmm. So some are interviewing Chad. Some are back at the scene. And the ones at the scene, while tending to the guys, are also looking for their gun because Chad told them they have weapons. So they're searching for a gun. They search the car. They search the woods around it. They search the meadows. They're thinking, could those ones that ran to the campground have thrown the gun? Is it Skitters in the Rough? There's a gun somewhere in there. Men, no, I'm here. Katie's right there. Skitters in the Rough. So the guy whose hand was up out of the grass, he's alive. He's talking to Dateline. And, and Keith introduces him by saying, Yes. Justin Lewis Smythe Lewis. I rewound. How many times did you rewind? Six. I've, three to six. I was. So what I think and turned on the subtitles. Yeah, I had subtitles on too. So I think what he's saying is his name is Justin Smythe Lewis, and then there's a comma that wasn't really pronounced very clearly, meaning he goes by Lewis. So it was like Justin Smythe Lewis. No, Justin Lewis Lewis Smythe. Sorry, Justin Lewis Smythe Lewis, like AKA Lewis, but he doesn't say the AKA or the goes by. Okay. And Keith is so good at elocution and pronunciation. I'm so glad it threw you as well, because I have here his name is Justin Lewis Smythe Lewis. Yeah. And I said, I need to talk. I need to speak to your parents right now. I need a I need an email contact. I need a phone number. I think Keith just overestimates us and needs to be like Katie and Kimberly. Not that smart. She normally does. Justin Lewis, Justin Lewis Smythe. Who goes by Lewis. Exactly. That's all we need. But we didn't get that. We didn't get that. Instead, we got that his last name is Lewis Smythe Lewis. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. His first name is Justin, middle name Lewis, last name Smythe Lewis. Two out of your four names. Justin, can you reach out or anyone out there that knows Justin Lewis Smythe Lewis calls? Yes. So this is where we realize two stories can be so very different. Right. Like they say, there's one side, two sides, and then the truth. Or in this case, there's one side and two sides, and we have to decide the truth. Much like beauty advice, there's two different stories. Some people tell you to put onion oil on your hair, like the new guy on 90 Day the Other Way, who recommends onion oil as part of his one and a half hours a day hair treatment. Wow. I That's say, a waste of time and smelly. Is it possible that you have something less stinky and takes maybe 0.02 hours instead of 1.5 every day? Yeah, you should not be spending 1.5. 
That's insanity. All I can say is, thank goodness there's prose. Most of you have probably heard me singing the praises of prose on this podcast because prose is the world's most personalized hair care. Switching to a custom routine from prose was one of the best things I've done for my hair, period, end of story. And the results that I'm seeing just keep getting better and better. My hair is softer and much stronger, and I am always teetering on the brittle hair camp. So it's incredible to see this kind of improvement, and I owe it all to my personalized pros formulas, which I use every day. Pros knows there is more to you than just your hair type. They have given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. And things that you think may not matter can actually really affect your hair, which is why they ask about things like zip code, eating habits, damage level, and exercise. All of these can help the pros at pros formulate your personal formula. So what they do is they analyze over 85 personal factors and then pros hand picks clean ingredients that get you closer to whatever your hair goals are with every single wash and condition. My favorite feature is Prose's review and refine tool, which lets me tweak my formulas for any reason in in case I change up my address. (laughs) Like you do every three months. I change more often than the average bear. If I change my hair color, which is also always in flux. Yeah. Even my diet. And yes, I'm trying to be more healthy. I want my cholesterol numbers to look as good as my hair. You can do it. The end. Silky and shiny cholesterol. That's right. Strong. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral, which we love here at A Day with Dateline. If you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've had, then they will take the products back, no questions asked. So no excuses. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Just go to pros.com slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Yay. Thank you, pros. As in strike a. Strike a? Pros. As in strike a. Pros. Uh, as eh. in strike a. Eh. Pros, 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 pros. Thank you so much, pros. Thank you so much, pros. So this episode may have cured me of wanting to car camp in the wilderness by myself. Maybe. I'm leaning mm. towards 50. I'm I'm at 30% now instead of 100%. Wow. Okay. But I can still feel close to nature by lessening my trash, especially stinky, smelly, garbagey bag juice that is my food waste. Oof. That makes me gag. Oof. Thank you, low me. Oof. You put in your leftovers. You put in your carrots that you brought to proudly snack on during the movies. And then you realize popcorn is way better. Yeah. And then those carrots get really shriveled and look like little fingers that are all dried out and need lotion on them. That's really, it's a weird thing. But then they're still good inside. It's, right. It's rough. It's rough. My tastes also change on a dime. Like, literally, I can buy food that I'm so excited about, and the next day I want to throw up when I look at it. Yep. My change, they change that quickly. And then I have all this guilt because I literally cannot eat that 
other food and then I wasted it. I'm wasting money and I'm wasting food. Now, could I try to be better about overbuying and wasting this food and my weird temperamental mercurial palate? Yeah. Yes. And I am working on that. But I can also not waste my food anymore by putting it in my loamy because it turns it in hours into this beautiful soil that I can sprinkle in my backyard. It's not going to a landfill and producing methane. It's not filling up my garbage. It's amazing. And it's also really quiet. And like I said, really, really quick. I love doing my part for the environment. Selfishly, it's really so much easier to clean up though, instead of like, again, you're scraping into the trash, all that stuff in the garbage, but you just put it in the loamy and you seal it up. It doesn't smell. You forget about it. There you go. It's amazing. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash date dateline and use the promo code date dateline to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash date dateline and use promo code date dateline at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a cold trip out to the garbage can. No one wants to be dragging garbage out in the snow. Nope. Turn your food waste into dirt with the press of a button with Lomi. Use the code date dateline to save $50 at Lomi.com slash date dateline. Get on the Lomi train, guys. Choo choo. You know who can help the environment today? Lomi. Myself and I. <laughs> I thought you were going to say low me and low you. Oh, that's good too. All right, we've got two in two the can. Great options. Thank but you. But not Lo the me. juicy can. <laughs> Thank the, you, low me. In the composting can. In the compost can. So this is now Lewis's side of the story. Okay. Lewis says it started. Justin Lewis Smythe. <laughs> Justin Lewis Smythe. It started an hour away in Susanville, home to two state prisons and two movie theaters, which was seems like a weird. <laughs> shade. That was shade. And also, that's a really weird ratio. You have two movie. How many people are there? Two movie theaters and two prisons. I feel like that's one movie theater too many and make the second one a roller skating rink or something. Keith, what you doing? Why are you telling us about the Tuesday prisons? He wants to tell us that that town is boring. And oh, there's not only boring, s- dangerous. Dangerous. Is- there's escapees maybe running around and you can only see Cabin in the Woods so many times which was the top movie in 2011, by the way, when this happened. No, it was not. It was one of the top 10 movies in 2011 when this happened. It was very good. I did enjoy Cabin in the Woods. Also, ironically, that movie didn't stop me from wanting to go to the woods. It was the guns that stopped me. Oh, not the bears. Not the bears. Okay. So Lewis and his best friend, Rory, who's a super ginge, just the most adorable ginge ever, like spiky baby ginge hair as a baby. Was there ever a Rory that's not been a ginger? They were going to name him something else. And then they saw the hair and they were like, Rory. I'm not I know a Rory that's a ginge. I I know of a Rory that's a ginger. So Rory is studying in junior college. He is the life of the party. 
his mom says he was very hardworking. He Good. started like a pool company or a landscaping company when he was a teenager and was very hardworking. But he was That's also impressive. the life of the party. Very fun. So these are typical teenagers in America, basically. You know? They're like harmless bows. So maybe not harmless. We don't know if they're harmless. Yeah. We're not going to get to know anything else because it's not the point of this dateline. Yeah. I think they're fine. I think they are just, they're just 19 and 20 year olds. That's it. Like, the, you imagine what your son or you were like at 19 or 20. And you have a group of guys. They're yeah. all buddies. And yeah. they're all running around. You're probably this. hanging out outside the AMPM. And Definitely. Like, yeah. And then you're going up to the mountains to probably shoot guns. Yeah. You're borrowing your dad's shotgun and you're going up to scare birds or whatever. Maybe. Or see if you can hit a tree. That would be my guess. Like from what, having grown up near enough to the mountains, that's what these kind of guys tended to do. And then they drove really fast and did weird drag racing on roads they shouldn't be doing it on. That's that's a lot of what happens. Yeah. Because you're not old enough to drink. No. This weekend, however, they are looking for a party. Their friend's brother has told them there's a party at the lake and that there were going to be girls there. And they were stoked because, again, they're really bored. Yeah. So they and, you know, bags of wieners are drawn to girls like Keith and is alcohol. drawn to a fence to lean on. It's a party and girls done. Done. So the guys all cram into a car, six of them into that car. They drive up into the mountains and they can't find the party on the lake. So they're really bored. One of them has a spotlight and they start waving it around at this campsite. And all the campers are getting out of their tents and their RVs and yelling at them, go away, teens, teens, get out of here. We're trying to sleep. And they think it's hilarious because they're bows doing bow things. Because that's really irritating. Yeah. So one of them remembered these crazy warning signs he had seen on a property up the mountain and he wanted to show his friends. And after seeing the signs, I kind of understand why. But also, you should not go anywhere near this property if you see these signs. Why? They should be fine. Yeah, that's true. So one, so they drive up and they flash their spotlights on the signs so they could read the signs, I think was part of it because it's dark. But maybe they were waving it around, too, trying to piss somebody off like they had just done at the campsite. Oh, I guarantee you that's what they're doing. They're flashing it in the windows of the cabin, seeing who comes out and being like, oh, but staying far enough away that they can get away quick. So they do read these signs. And Justin, sorry, Lewis is, Smythe Lewis, Lewis, is explaining to Keith the signs. And he says, it's one of them. There's many. One says, you are entering the ROC Red, red-blooded Christians only. I can't even say it. Red-blooded Christians only. Others will have deadly force used upon them. And Keith hears this. He is not pleased. He no. Is, he says, red-blooded Christians only? And then it, in his voiceover, he goes, were they kidding? It seemed like a dare almost. And so... Then we see the sign. This is not when they focus on the sign, right? This focus- is where I paused on the sign. 
I had already paused on the sign at this point because we see the sign going into commercial. I had already written it all down thinking that we might not talk about it. Oh, So I was already a little biased on the sign at this point. This is rough. I saw the sign and I wished that I hadn't because it made me really uncomfortable. The sign says you are entering, warning, you are entering the R-O-C. This is a restricted area. Only red-blooded, patriotic, Christian Americans, I'm out, are authorized. (laughs) You're both out. You're all out. Oliver's out. Oliver's out. That's true. You're both out. You know what? Who also is out? Keith. Because Keith is Canadian. Keith is also out. And I don't like someone excluding Keith. I'm fine being excluded because I'm a Jew, but I don't like Keith being excluded as a Canadian. Only red-blooded, patriotic, Christian Americans are authorized for access upon arrival and verification of credentials by the commanding authority. The use of deadly force is authorized for use on those found in non-compliance with above, i.e. me and Oliver and Keith. Here's what's weird. Like, during Chad's interview, um, he's really tearing up, really tearing up. Not alligator tears. He's very, he's got a lot of emotion. Crocodile, you mean? Is that what I say, alligator? Yeah. Yeah, crocodile tears. He just seems, he's really emotional. So if you didn't know some of the stuff you know, the biggest one being this sign. I would argue there's something later that's bigger than the sign. There is definitely something bigger. But this gives you a whole different image of Chad than what he's presenting in his interview. Let me just say that. Absolutely. It feels like two different people almost. Yeah. Because this sign is real gross. It's gross. It's really gross. It's gross. There's no way to cut it. You should never do this. And if you think this way, you need to stop thinking this way. Yeah. This is really weird. Yeah. Just put up a no trespassing sign, man. If you're up there and you keep getting broken into, put a no trespassing sign. But this is a bit much. Yeah. This is this is so far you beyond. You don't need to a bring much. religion into it or America. No, this or- is these other kind of people. Yeah. We don't tolerate these other people. And also, even if you are meet this criteria to come I don't like on this, this verification of credentials right. by commanding authority. You what is commanding authority? You live in America. This makes me think of like Unabombers or people who have created their own like country in the middle of the mountains and they those? don't think they have to apply by American. Yeah, the rules people or that don't taxes. pay the people that don't pay taxes. What are they called? They're called something I'm blanking on. I watched a whole thing on them. Like the guys in under the banner of heaven. Yeah, it feels like militia. Like you're making your own government. Yes. Um, uh, you are entering the ROC, which we're going to find out later what that stands for. And he has started his own, essentially, government. So one of the bows, and by the way, if you're new to us, bows is bag of wieners. and that One of is, the teens. It's a teenage dirt bag, essentially. So The twin bag. teens. We can yeah. call them twin teens because yes. they're 20 and 19. 19. Mm-hmm. One of them hops out and steals a solar light and one of the signs. And the Lewis says they did it just to do some random vandalism. And I think they were provoked because of the obnoxious signs, too. So they thought, yes. who is this douchebag? We are stealing his light. Yeah. So they all go home. The next night, there's another party at the lake. They all get into Rory's car. 
they go and buy some blueberry vodka and 40 ounces, as bows do, using, I'm assuming, illegal IDs because they're 19 and 20 years of age. So why are they buying blueberry vodka? Someone. I don't know. They're fa- for the girls, to impress the girls. I needed that explained so badly. I have it circled, question mark, question mark. Lewis, Justin, Lewis, Smythe, Lewis. Delicious. You need to go into this further. <laughs> I think it was to romance the ladies. Like, look, we got vodka with fruit in it. We're so romantic. There's no fruit in it. Have you ever tried a flavored vodka? No, I don't think so. Just at your own peril. <laughs> To be used, and I like sweet things. But I love that it's blueberry vodka in 40 ounces. <laughs> like, oh, I do too. That's of course Oh, no, I'm it sure it's, the, it's their thing. It's yeah. really funny to me. Also, blueberry vodka is the kind of vodka that goes on sale for like where all the other vodkas are $9.99 and the blueberry vodka is $4.99. <laughs> oh, that's that's definitely true. It like happens. Like Dasani it's, water. Uh, yeah, some of those flavors get wild. They go too wild with it and yeah, nobody there's wants like popcorn flavored. Yeah, it's nobody weird. wants it. Uh, maybe they have a special drink that they make with the blueberry vodka in the 40s and they combine it and they have I like can't a special imagine. name for it. Maybe it tastes like a blueberry muffin because the 40s kind of bready. Like maybe a yeasty. I don't want to drink blueberry muffin drinks on and a they hot call it summer Great night British in Bake July Off. in California. Do I don't want to be with teens at a lake. The muffin top. The muffin top. That's what they call it. I would be fine with them. I really did not feel very threatened by Lewis. But I did immediately look at their outfits and be like, okay, they're bows. There's too many of them. It's There's the fact too many. that there were six in that car, I would have been like, absolutely yeah. not. No, and they're rowdy. They're loud. They're like yeah, blasting they're their music. Yeah. Uh-uh. I would roll my eyes and just try to ignore them. Yeah. So they drive up the mountain again. And again, they can't find the party because the party is clearly being held in the Order of Phoenix house and is cloaked in some sort of invisibility spell that Bows don't know the code to. So there's, there's no lights either. They're in the high in the Sierras. dark. At a, but I feel like you could hear a party, you know. But the on the yeah. lake, the sound kind of echoes in a weird way. So maybe you'd be like, "I think it's around that corner," and then you'd be going in the wrong direction, and then there's you're in the movie, a- the tall grass, and you're lost. Oh, no. There's got to be only a few good lake spots. I would think, but maybe not. Teens don't need like a good spot. They will have a party anywhere, i.e. the parking lot. They're driving around, can't find the party, and they go by the property with the signs. And so Rory stops the car, and one of them gets out and steals another light. And this is when they hear what sounds like a gunshot. So they quickly get in the car, and they drive away in a panic, but the truck is following them. And then as they're driving down the road, fast, 50 miles an hour, dark road, they see a green laser in their car from the truck, from a gun, tracing them. It was, what's the word that I'm looking for? A laser pointer scope. scope. So Lewis is in shock. Like, this is not happening. No one's going to shoot a bunch of teens for some stupid vandalism, what is happening. Then he hears more shots and he hears, they hear shots hitting the car and they try to blind the truck with a flashlight to get it off their tail. They try to call 911, but there's no service. So one of the kids in the car says, let's wave this white t-shirt out the window, like a white flag, like we're waving the white flag. And honestly, this made me something about this made me very sad I just felt like yeah. they're so desperate and terrified and they're trying anything 
And one of them is clever enough to be like, let's wave a white t-shirt out the window and he'll understand like we don't mean harm. But unfortunately from the reenactment, if it was the same shirt, I don't know. It did not look like a white t-shirt. It looked more like a trash bag. A trash bag doesn't seem like a threatening thing to wave out your car either. But I don't know if I would see that shirt and be like, oh, they're waving the white flag. I don't know what I would think in the moment. I don't. I don't know what they could have done. I think the only other thing they could have done is pull over. Yeah. Is put on their hazards, pull over and hold their hands out the car and be like, stop. And then just hope that he wasn't mad enough to kill you all. Yeah. But again, if you're being chased in your adrenaline, 100%, a human I would instinct not, would be to keep going. Is to run. And yeah. so I don't, yeah, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's pretty The scary, guy is actually. chasing them still and shooting at them. And this is when Rory makes a wrong turn onto a side dirt road, which turns out to be a dead end. So he has to turn. And that's a scary thing, too. A dirt road that is stops and is a dead end. So definitely. So yeah. they turn the car around and try to get around the truck that's now facing them. And there's shots, more shots, and all the windows are shot out. Glasses everywhere. Rory is shot in the head. Lewis is shot in the leg. The car comes to a stop. Some of the guys run. Lewis looks at Rory and sees that he's badly hurt, shot in the head. He Mm. crouches down Lewis in the back seat. He sees the green laser going over his body because the guy is circling the car now with the Mm. gun. And the guy says, you shot at my house. I have kids. And Lewis says, we didn't shoot at your house. We wouldn't do that. And Lewis begs him to call an ambulance. And the guy drives off. They are at the car waiting and scared. They're waiting. He's not going to come back or he's going to come back. They're worried they're not going to get an ambulance. The car won't start. They have no cell phone surface. They're just lost in the wilderness. This is a Hulu horror movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Keith is now trying to ease our fears by leaning up against a rickety wooden post. It doesn't ease our fears. We're still scared because Rory now pulls down his pant leg to check on his calf and describes the injury in the most worst possible way. Let's just say it's not in good shape. And he uses his belt as a tourniquet to try to save his leg. He thinks Mm. he's going to die. He thinks the gunman will come back. Some of them are hiding in the tall grass. So two of them went to ran to a campsite to try to get help. Lewis is staying by the car trying to talk to Rory and keep him alert. And Rory is calling out Lewis's name, but he's not really making sense. And it's hard mm. to understand him. Lewis's leg goes numb and then all of his body goes numb and he thinks he's going to die. Yeah. He sees headlights and it's the sheriffs and they're holding guns on them. And Lewis sticks his hand out of the grass. And they come over and they try to stop the bleeding and they finally get him in an ambulance. Thank God. Rory is airlifted to a hospital. He's barely alive. And at this point, Lewis has to stop telling the story to Keith because he's getting so upset. He gives us a great line in the episode and he goes, give me a minute. Sorry, fellas. Yeah, fellas. Fellas is always a tick in my box. Mm. That's great. So these stories obviously do not make sense. They do not coincide. No, they do not. Chad says he heard cracks when he was chasing them that were gunshots, and he knows gunshots because he was in the military. Right. But the boys keep saying they didn't have a gun. Also, when he approached the car, he doesn't seem worried that they had a gun. He he doesn't say, lower your weapon, put down your weapon, are you armed, anything like that. 
And then he also says, you shot me in my house. And they, they, but he doesn't say you shot me at my car or in my car. Keith seems very concerned with this miss um, speaking. Then mm-hmm. he says house when there were no shots at the house. And he says house and he doesn't say car. And Keith says, odd, like he does. Right. So Keith says the deputies couldn't ignore one of the other big discrepancies between Lewis and Chad, and neither could we. And he means the people at Dateline and himself. I thought he meant us. He doesn't mean us. He doesn't mean the royal we. We are not involved in this. It is Dateline. And that discrepancy is when Chad left the boys at the car, he said, I'm going to go get help. I'm going to call the sheriff. That's what Chad says, he says. Lewis said, as Chad was leaving, he said, if I ever see any of you mother effers around here again, I'm going to kill all of you. So that's a big difference. And I got chills many times during this. I don't know how many times I would have pooped my pants because this story is so scary. When I do need to poop my pants because I chose the scariest movie I can find on Netflix, even though I'm staying alone at my aunt's house and it's dark and scary and I should only be watching Dairy Girls. And I instead choose a horror movie with a killer shark wearing a mask that can walk on water and then come into my house. It's called Killer Shark in Mask, Who Can Walk on Water and Come into Your House. I need my real toilet paper. That's the bottom line of this. I'm so obsessed with my real toilet paper. I literally have rolls in my car just in case I'm somewhere and there's no toilet paper or I'm just unhappy with their TP selection for whatever reason. Strength, softness, amount, stretchability. Did you say stretchability? I said durability, reliability. reliability. Mm -hmm. That's a big one for me. Yeah. Real is made with 100% bamboo, which can be harvested and can be regenerated like grass in a lawn. It is a million times better for the environment than the tens of thousands of trees we are cutting down every single day. Tens of thousands every day for toilet paper. Real is so comfortable, it doesn't feel like you're sacrificing for the planet. It's an upgrade to really good toilet paper. I honestly love it. I have the subscription pack. I love how flexible it is. If I am like out of town, then I can postpone a subscription if I'm all set. But if I'm having more extravaganzas in that area, then I might need more and I can bump up a shipment. I Mm -hmm. love that. Real is now partnered with One Tree Planted. And with every box of Real that you buy, they are funding reforestation efforts across the country. So they're actually making more trees instead of cutting them down. Incredible. Real Paper is available in easy, hassle-free subscriptions or one-time purchases on their website. All orders are conveniently delivered to your door with free shipping in 100% recyclable, plastic-free packaging. If you head to realpaper.com slash datedateline and sign up for a subscription using our code datedateline at checkout, you'll automatically get 30% off your first order and free shipping. That's R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R dot com slash date dateline or enter promo code date dateline to get 30% off your first order plus free shipping. Let's make a change for good this year and switch to real paper. Real is paper for the planet. And I really love it. Because it's reliable. (laughs) It's real soft. It's real reliable. It's real strong. 
it's going to support your tushy. Yay! In its time of need. Yeah. Thank you, Real. Thank you so much, Real. So if you're real serious about helping the environment, it's also time to get real serious about brain health. And I have something that can help your brain feel mosh better. I need it. I need some more brain cells to figure out this episode. Yeah, just to figure out how you even feel about it. Look, it's important to be at the top of your mental game. I know that better than anyone because I am the friend that thinks they texted you back, but just did that in their mind. (laughs) I am also the friend who is late because they lost their keys, their phone, and one of their cats. (laughs) I am also the friend who is constantly busy and moving around. So when I learned about mosh protein bars, I got very excited because mosh bars are a snack that are made for your brain and they're nutritious. Sign me up. I'll take 100 to start. Yes. If you're busy and constantly on the go like I am, you need to try mosh. It's a protein bar made for you, made for your brain. They have six delicious flavors and each mosh bar comes packed with 12 grams of protein and brain boosting ingredients. Ingredients like ashwagandha, lion's mane, collagen, and omega-3s. And at 160 calories and only one gram of sugar, mosh protein bars are the guilt-free snack that your brain and body will will crave. It's mosh better <laughs> for people who are watching their cholesterol like this girl. Like and the flavors are incredible. We are talking about peanut butter crunch. We're talking about chocolate crunch. We're talking about peanut butter chocolate crunch, cookie dough crunch, blueberry almond crunch. Drop the mic. Done. Yes. It's crunch time. Your brain is your number one tool, which is why Mosh Protein Bars were expertly formulated by top neuroscientists and functional nutritionists to support optimal brain health. This is incredible. The company was founded by Patrick Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver. Yes. Mosh is a mission-driven company with a portion of all proceeds donated to support women's brain health research through the Women's Alzheimer's Movement at Cleveland Clinic. Incredible! A company with a cause and with a crunch. I can throw Mosh bars in my car, keep a few stashed by my desk for editing sessions. Mosh bars are truly a sitting, standing, or running around after an escaped cat snack. Mm. Look, you don't have to settle for a mediocre snack when you can nourish your body and mind with the fuel it needs to succeed. So whether you're at the gym, avoiding the gym, (laughs) on the go, or just living your very best life, Mosh Protein Bars will keep your body and brain fit, fueled, and feeling Mosh better. Head to moshlife.com forward slash date dateline to save 20% off plus free shipping on your first six count trial pack. I love a trial pack. That's 20% off plus free shipping on your first six count trial pack. And that includes all six flavors. Moshlife, M-O-S-H-L-I-F-E dot com slash date dateline. Because we all want life to be that mosh better. Thank you, Mosh. I love it. So... Chad has been telling police the story all night long. He's been repeating it to everyone who's asking. And we're Uh hearing the recording. So we get to hear in his own words how he describes it. He says they were being terrorized. He needed to protect his kids. He said, I thought I need to get those sons of bees. And then he says, get their license plate number or something. Which again, I say, no. No. He says, my military training taught me to react. 
Those kids didn't stand an effing chance. I was a MF ranger. It's almost like he's bragging now about his military prowess and that those kids didn't stand a chance. Wow. It sounds like he's bragging. Also, you're calling them kids. You are admitting that they were kids. Kids, yeah. So he says they shot at him. He shot back in self-defense. And then he just got into a zone and he needed to neutralize the target. He says, I served five years in the flipping military. I killed people on the other side of this world, and I don't need to kill kids in my state. Again, he's calling them kids. And again, bragging about his military history Mm. and how he just went into that zone of a soldier. Did he say the target or the He said neutralize Neutralize the target. Yes. Target's much different than threat. Yeah. That means you were targeting them. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. They take him on a reenactment so he can show them exactly where it happened. The police do. And he shows them where they started shooting at him, where he shot at them with the little revolver that's in the cup holder of his car, to the meadow where they find his shell casings that are marked with these AR-15 shell casings all over the ground. And that's when his story changed because he had been telling the sheriff all night that he had only used the little revolver to shoot at them. Oh, boy. And when they get to the meadow and they see all the AR-15 shell casings, he he says, oh, I did use the AR-15 on them, but only when we got to the meadow. And then he says, actually, I did use it before as I was driving towards the meadow and in the meadow. So his story is changing a little bit. Maybe he was in shock. Maybe because he knows that his AR-15 is illegal in California. He did did say that, that he'd use the AR-15 as they were driving? Yes. He says before he got to the meadow as he was driving. But he also used that little revolver first. So why didn't he tell Keith that in the story? When he's recounting his side of the story, he says he uses the revolver until they get to the meadow. Yeah. So he lied in the Keith story as well. Yeah. Interesting. So the AR-15 is illegal in California. He bought it legally in Nevada. But you can't cross state lines with a gun that's illegal. And the sheriff thinks it's weird that Chad's story changes. Meanwhile, they are interviewing all six of the kids. And they're interviewing them separately. And their stories are all exactly the same. They did not have a gun. They never shot at him. He was chasing them. So... Chad is arrested for attempted murder and assault with a deadly weapon. And his prison outfit is very strong black and white stripes. It's very, it's like a power statement. Oh, yeah. It's not orange. It's one of those stripy ones. Yeah, it's really intense. Yeah. But this story, he he thinks his story is black and white, right or wrong. Oh, yeah. But maybe this story is gray. Like... Our fly fishing district attorney, David Hollister's hair. I believe he has some some fancy gray hair going on. So is Shades fly fishing it. from a prosecutor the new surfing from Matt Murphy since Matt Murphy has switched to 2020? O- only if we're in the mountains or yeah. in Montana, which I guess is mountains. A right. river running through it. If you're it in the mountains, you're fly fishing. If you're on the beach, you're surfing. Yeah. That's it. Have yeah. we met David Hollister before? No. Thank God. Okay. So first time meeting District Attorney. I don't think so. Apologies if we have. Meeting David Hollister. 
I will be continuing the recap to our conclusion, if you're wondering why I'm talking so much. (laughs) David Hollister is new to the town of Quincy, the area that they're in. He came from being a big prosecutor in Oakland. He came to Quincy for a little P&Q, as we call it. That's peace and quiet, if you're cool. But he <laughs> looked over the video and the facts of the case. And like Kimberly said, Chad is arrested on July 3rd. So remember, all this went down on July 2nd on the night. And so he's arrested a day later. Mm. Literally, the DA took one look at this. Hollister looks at it and is like, no, this mm-hmm. isn't, something's not right here. It's also very ironic that it's the day before Independence Day. Yes. So the detectives are looking for evidence at the cabin right now. By the way, both of our detectives are great. I really like the two detectives in this. In the cabin, they find a lot of guns, like we talked about, and a large amount of ammo for all kinds of guns. And this is when we focus in on the ROC sign. So we find out at this point that ROC is the Republic of Chad. I can't. And remember, it says, you are entering the ROC. Also, I do believe that Chad is a country. Chad it is. is a country. 1,000% it In is. Africa. Yes. I don't think this Chad knows that. I don't know if he knows that. The biggest thing is that why would you not spell it out? Because someone who's entering your property and doesn't know you, they don't know what ROC stands for. He doesn't want them to know that. He just wants them to think it. What would it do you sounds... Think- I think he just wants it to sound official. He doesn't know. He That's his clever little joke. Okay. He doesn't want people to know that. He wants them to think maybe it's the ROTC. Yeah. The ROC, while yeah. also being a skincare company, right. looks like <laughs> definitely, it looks like it could be something that you might not know what it is. Yeah. Because the sign is not a handwritten sign. Signs and letters on this show are just problematic for so many different reasons. It just runs the gambit. So I should be giving him props for having this sign professionally printed from a sign company like a but it's not also a canvas sign. These look to be like parking signs, metal, large, large signs. What did the guy who works the sign shop think of this sign? The sign is a lot. It's doubly intense. And you can tell that everyone in the episode, basically, besides Chad, seems to be very put off about it. And I think the thing that bothers me is that Keith doesn't ask Chad about the sign. Yeah, I would love, love to get that. There's also a chance that he did. And they just didn't want to air the answer for some reason. Oh, God. I'm very curious. But then we flash to we hear about Rory's stay in the hospital. He's in Reno. And Carol is Rory's mom. She's great. Mm -hmm. I like Carol a lot, but Carol is very sad. Carol is a precious moment this whole time. It's really rough. She said she knew by everyone's reaction in the hospital that he probably wasn't going to make it, but he looked perfect when she saw him besides having this plate in his head where he'd been shot. But other than that, she said he looked good. That would be really, really hard because I'm sure she had some hope, but it's wasn't that kind of a situation Mm -hmm. we meet dave mcguire who's rory's dad and he's very emotional but what i would call furious tears where you're really mad he had also been a soldier you could tell by the mustache i would have tell by the posture i would have guessed cop but yeah good call he gives a great soundbite he's crying fury tears and he says this is not a battle zone this is some hick town in California. He's mad. Yeah, he's, he's mad. really angry at Chad, which I get. 
Then we hear Chad's call to his own dad from prison. And this is what gives it away for me. He says, I was freaking out about my kids, people screwing around, and I, uh, I, uh, I just lost it. Gotten uh, a little bit of a zone. Yeah. And it got out of control. That to me sounds like an admission. Absolutely. You saw red and didn't see anything else. And the thing that gets me about this is that is a pretty good defense. Mm-hmm. That's better than the defense he ends up going with. Yeah. Because that, I believe, would probably be a second degree murder charge. Maybe. Because that anger, we've yeah. had that before. We've that- had a like a hysterical, I can't remember what they call it, but yeah. where you're so oh, enraged it's, or like. It's collision. Yeah. It's a road rage case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like he should have gone with that because he's admitting right here in this call that's being recorded that I did lose it. Uh I saw red. I was Uh in the zone. But then as time goes on in prison, we're told that he's thinking about it more and more. And Chad starts to get mad himself and is like, look, I didn't choose to shoot up these kids. He really begins to feel like he and his family were the victims. These kids were terrorizing me. Yeah. I was scared. I was protecting my family. Yeah. You can talk yourself into anything. Yeah. So Carrie, Chad's wife, she is a big interview in this. And she basically says the same thing over and over. She is fiercely defending her husband the entire from the beginning of the episode to the end. Yeah. He did what needed to be done, et cetera, et cetera. She's not going to backtrack. And Keith tries to. She never with her. says anything about Rory or the other kids never. that were injured. She only talks about how this affected her family. Yeah. The maybe they, she did and they cut it. It's not a great look. No, it's not great to just ignore that someone else was killed in this process. Yeah. But this whole thing is about to get much worse because Rory, while in the hospital, of course, has a hemorrhage and he passes away. And Chad is immediately brought down to booking and charged with first degree murder. Yeah. This is it. Bail is set at $1 million. He can't pay it. He's sitting in prison in his extreme striped jumpsuit. It really is. It's the hamburger stripe. It's big. (laughs) That's exactly. That's what it reminded me of. So then Keith tells us, but in the great white world, in the great wide world, beyond there's an issue that's been coming up and it's called stand your ground so now we get a little bit of an inkling that that's where we're going to be going and we all sort of knew that although this wasn't on his property so i'm not quite sure how it works i feel like that other defense is smarter well according to stand your ground or some of the state's iterations i don't know california's you can not only defend yourself and your property you can pursue the person they do explain it a tiny bit also during this whole time keith keeps juxtapositioning how hard it was for carrie and the children to have their dad in jail and this anger and sadness of rory's parents yeah this entire who lost their child right so it's really also they show quite a bit of chad's children in this yes i don't know about that i don't love that I could tell that they're very upset, but I don't know. It was a lot. I was not expecting to see them as much as I did. Let me crying. put it that way. Yeah, asking. Yeah, Keith is asking them very tough questions, and they're crying a lot. It's hard. It's hard I mean, I think they don't understand. Yeah, I think they're very they're young victims in this. Don't, they don't. They understand. Really, there's a lot of victims. So Carol, Rory's mom, has a very distinct thought on what should happen to Chad in prison she thinks he should not get conjugal visits he should never (laughs) see his children he should never enjoy a birthday basically she wants him in a coffin because her son is in a coffin she wants him alive in a coffin yeah she does not want him to even talk to anyone yeah 
Now we meet defense attorney John Olson, and he believes this is 100% a stand your ground case. And John Olson is the kind of guy you want defending you on a case like this. I don't quite know what that means, but I'm guessing that John Olson has done a bunch of cases like this. Yeah. And they didn't have any money, so I'm guessing he came out of the blue because this was a higher profile case. So California, like we said, does not have a stand your ground statute, but Keith tells us while leaning on a big tree in his barn coat, right outside. I missed that lean. It's right outside of the cabin. He's on a tree in his brown barn coat. Oh, that's a good one. And the door and the porch of the cabin are behind him. And I don't want to say it looks ominous for people that love Mount. This one looks ominous. Yeah. This cabin looks ominous. And I know there's no power. (laughs) I, I don't know. Okay. It's ominous. So Keith is leaning and tells us about Stand Your Ground in California. There is no actual law or statute, but there is a jury instruction. It says a person under threat has a right to stand their ground and even pursue an assailant, what you were talking about. So it's basically a law without being a law. I don't understand what- It's something the jury can take into consideration, maybe, but not an actual law. That's interesting. That makes no sense to me. Make it a law or don't make it a law. Because a jury instruction would confuse me as a juror. I'd be like, so am I going based on this or no? Yeah. Not particularly in this case, but in other cases, I could see that being very confusing for a jury member. John Olson says that this is the perfect issue for Chad, basically, because Chad isn't, as he says, a gangbanger. God. (laughs) Wow. And because of his military history, et cetera, et cetera, Chad being a red-blooded Christian American. Also, are you implying these teens are gangbangers with that? I did not think about that. Do you think maybe he's doing that? Yeah. Oh, okay, maybe. I I do think that he's disparaging them. Yeah. They're more in like the hee-haw gang. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, but he thinks that because Chad is a red-blooded Christian American property owner, that he'll be fine. Yeah. So Chad is looking forward to trial now because he's got this great lawyer he thinks this stand your ground's going to work and he thinks it's going to be really eye-opening he awakening tells, awakening that was it this is the this is chad's awakenings r.i.p robin williams <laughs> sorry no it's eyes. not is it robin williams or robert de niro who's in awakenings robert do you remember that movie yeah that's a penny marshall movie yeah, it's, it's Robert. It's De Niro. so sad. Don't watch it. Do not watch Awakenings. Yeah, if you haven't she was seen very it proud already. of that movie, though. It's um, very good, but it's so sad. Yeah. So it's called Awakenings, I think. It's Awakenings. Yeah, but this is Chad's great awakening. How cocky do you sound right now? You needed media training. No, I think he had worked himself up. I think John Olson was his media training, and I think John Olson really firmly believed their case was super strong. Yeah, I could see that applying to people who shared his beliefs, that that would be appealing to them. Yeah, absolutely. But Chad believes it's strong enough that he turns down a deal from the DA. Would have loved to have known what that deal was. Really wanted to know. They don't tell us, but boy, did I want to know. So the trial now needs to choose a jury. And as Keith says... This town is split down the middle between, quote, gun-owning country folk and liberal big city transplants. (laughs) This town sounds like a nightmare. I got so sweaty and stressed when he talked about it. Here's the thing. We have to remember this is not happening in 2020 or 2022. Or 2023. Right. It would have been bad back then, but not like right now. Yeah. Right now, I don't think it could happen. No. 
I think that it would just self implode. It would have just been. It had to civil have, war. Would, would have to be split by a railroad track where you yeah. don't go to the north side or you don't go to the south side. It's like, like Marsha and side. Jan's bedroom. Pretty much. Yep. That's what we're doing. We're doing a, the Great Divide. Yeah. And John Olson tells us there's lots of letters to the editor either saying Chad should be reimbursed for his ammunition. Oh, my God. Because he did the right thing. Or the other side of the coin, people just shouldn't have guns. Why do they have guns at all? So it's just perfect example of that kind of divide. Yes. They're both extreme sides. That's what's happening in the town. Yeah. When you're trying to pick the jury. That Holy makes me crap. so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not great. So when they go to trial, the defense obviously is going to go for the stand your ground self-defense. And John Olson paints Chad as this really protective family man, which is what you would do if you're doing this. He wants to protect these sweet little girls. And what do they do? They, of course, have the children testify. Yeah. It's very smart. Again, they said that it feels icky, but it's It smart. feels icky, but if you want to win. Yeah. If I was that attorney, I'd probably do the same thing, even though it's not maybe tasteful so the eldest girl by the way whose name is darlin which i don't know if you mentioned it but darlin? i do think her name is darlin oh that's adorable d-a-r-l-a-n so it's darlin oh that's but it, cute when you say it it sounds like darling that's really cute i wonder if that was on purpose and i've never heard it before and it's really cute yeah that's so, really cute yeah and she's also adorable I she testifies for the children they say some of the jury wept yeah. As she testified. Wife Carrie also takes the stand. I'm not sure if the jury wept when she took the stand. She describes the family as being in a lot of fear because this is a multi-pronged, multi-night attack or events that were happening that were scaring them. I'm sure she was fine, but I think probably the children are going to get more of the jury on your side. Yeah. So Olson needs to prove also that these guys are not exactly Boy Scouts, as Keith would say. So Absolutely. In, in one of their Facebook photos, one of the guys is shown having a gun and a knife. I think these guys probably messed around with guns sometimes. I'm that sure doesn't they mean did. they own guns or had guns that night. 100% doesn't, but they're going to use whatever they've got. Yeah. All of the people in the car, remember, said there was no gun. Absolutely no gun. But according to the defense attorney, they have some evidence to prove otherwise. They had their own forensic expert that said that there was gun residue inside the car and gun residue on the person who had been riding shotgun in the car. And it did occur to me that is the first time that term is literal shotgun. Because you can lean out the car and shoot while the other person is driving. Don't know why that never occurred to me before. I don't watch enough Quentin Tarantino, I think. Yeah. So they Did you notice the defense lawyer referred to Rory as the victim? I didn't. Really? Yeah. He doesn't say Rory. No, he says the victim. He's trying not to personalize him? I don't know. But Does it feel deliberate? No, it feels like a mistake. <laughs> like he's going to go... I shouldn't have called him the victim. Why would I call him the victim? He's the assailant here. He's the criminal. He's the attacker. I mean, he... Really? No, he is the victim, even if he was also the aggressor. I don't know. If I was being assaulted and I killed the person mid-assault, would they call that person the victim because they died? Or would they call the person the attacker? Did these boys get any like misdemeanor charges for theft? No. Property theft? Trespassing? No. I don't think so. The I don't defense, think they actually trespassed. 
They were at the line. No, they stole the sign and then they stole the light. But the light was marking the edge of the property. But they stole property off. They stole items off the property. That's going to be a charge. Yeah, but not trespassing, is it? Because they stole it. They I think it would depend on, it's going to depend on who's charging them. Yeah. (laughs) That's interesting, though. I Uh, mean, because specifically, Keith points out those lights were used to mark the border of the property. So I wonder if that's why they didn't charge them. Yeah. Because they were at the border. Maybe they had one of those land surveyors come out. Anyways, the other big piece of evidence that they found was that there were three 380 shells on the side of the road where the car had traveled that they were unaccounted for. So they were not Chad's. But they were around this stretch of road where apparently Chad had said that the, they had shot at him. Remember the three muzzle flashes. Also, the expert states that the car did do a U-turn to face Chad, where they were talking about how they were going head on like medieval times, like jousting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't think it was of like a chicken fight, it. like in James Dean. I think that was a mistake, though, to do that, because I think that the gunfire would have been in a different pattern on the car. So we'll talk about that. I think that was a mistake for them to bring that up in trial. I think they yeah. should have just ignored that. They can dispute it. If he had been shooting out of the side of his car at the car facing him, the front windshield would have been shattered. It was. But that wasn't the main point of entry. Most of the bullets were on the side of the car, were on that front side like this. Were on the front mm, side of the, the, the door. Yeah. Right. They were all head level mostly, they pointed out. Like he was shooting at their heads, not like at the tires or anything. Right, exactly. But unfortunately, that makes more sense that he's sitting at that level in his car. Right. So that makes more sense that he's not standing up. Because if you're standing up, you'd go down. But he never said he was... They didn't say he shot at them when he was standing up. He shot at them from the car. They both agree on that. Are you sure? Yes. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Right, he I'll got out wrong. and walked around, and that's when they begged that's for mercy. That's what I'm thinking of. And okay. he stopped. He never shot at them then. Understood. Okay. So Chad himself does not take the stand. Was this a good idea? Yes. Based on his interview with Keith, based on Keith saying, is it possible you were wrong? And he keeps saying no. I don't know. I mean, know I guess that's I... what you would want to hear if you were on his side. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I agree with you because if they're worried about the jury being split between these two things, so what they're going for is a hung jury, right? Yeah, then you're right, they should have had I think he was actually the most sympathetic in his interview, more than all this stuff we're hearing outside. When Chad is the most sympathetic is when he's got those tears in his eyes talking about protecting his family. I think it was a mistake not to put him on the stand. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that, yeah. Because even if his ideas are wrong, he He firmly believes them. Yeah. Right. So now David Hollister has to do the prosecution. And he says basically they blew the budget for a year on this case because Quincy's such a small town. So they put all of their time and money into this case and he needs a win. They Which means to- if he mm-hmm. gets a hung jury, they won't be able to afford to try exactly. him again. Exactly. That's right. So they have to disprove that this army ranger is protecting his family. They need to show that his judgment was off. And the the boys were trying to surrender with the white shirt out the window. He's got his work cut out for him. David Hollister, the DA, comes in strong. He says he refutes all of the forensic evidence that was just brought up about items found at the scene. So when we're talking about those three shell casings that didn't belong to any of Chad's guns, 
He says that they would not be that close together if these were fired driving 50 miles an hour down the road. Those gunshots went bam, bam, bam. There's no way they'd be that close together in a row on yeah. that road. And they were all sort of together. They were standing. Inches they were like apart. if someone was standing and just shooting. I went bam, bam, bam. They would right. all drop to the ground in the same place. Correct. It makes no scientific sense. So it sounds good, but it's not physically possible. Also, because the car was hit with high velocity rounds from an AR-15 is why you are getting the residue. There is a problem from that, in my opinion. So the place that was shot the most is the driver and behind the driver, which is where Justin Smythe, Justin Lewis, Lewis was sitting is right behind. Here's the problem. The person that I gunshot residue on their hands was the person in shotgun, which was not where the concentration of shots were. So they didn't go into that in the dateline, but I would have liked to have known how they explained that. Yeah, I would too. They say like it was the compounds that make up gunshot residue, which would be from the gun. It wasn't like actual gunshot residue, but gunshot residue comes from residue from all of these shots from an AR-15. I would have needed to hear a lot more from the experts about that. And because I, that's yeah. a huge selling point for Chad. It's a huge selling point because also, do you have tons of gunshot residue on anyone else in the car or only the person riding shotgun? They said it was all over the car, inside the car. They said it was concentrated on him, gunshot residue on the person. Mm -hmm. riding shotgun so was he the only person with gunshot residue on him that's what i need to know is he the only one yeah i don't believe he was the only one but i could be wrong they don't tell us that yeah so we don't know so we don't know okay no we don't know so the other big important part with the medieval times cars facing each other there is a trail of oil that is coming from Rory's car. And here's what happened. As they went on to this kind of dirt road, this meadow, they keep calling it the meadow, where they had this face off, a rock punctured the oil line of the car and he's just spewing oil. So it's this really clear line that you can see this black oil in the ground where the car is going. And you can see that the car clearly turns. You can see it turns, but it's not turning to face Chad in a chicken fight. It's turning to go around him. And this can be clearly seen by this trail of oil that the car is leaking. It's why the car wouldn't start when they were trying to get out of there after Chad left. Mm -hmm. It's all because of this oil streak. Mm -hmm. So this is really good evidence. District attorney does this really cool, simple animation, but it shows in the trail of oil, the car pulling, not pulling to Chad's car, pulling all the way around. And this would also make sense for my theory, which is to me, it didn't seem like where your the bullet holes were concentrated. It seemed like the car would have to be passing you to hit the driver and hit the guy behind the driver. Mm. You'd have to be shooting the side of the car, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Not the front of the car. I'm going to, I want to give Chad the benefit of the doubt for the first time in that in this amped up situation where he was in the zone, as he said it several mm -hmm. times, when the car turns around, you might imagine that it's coming towards you. 100%. Even though it's swerving to go around you. 
Really good point. But as it's going past, you might start shooting thinking they're about to shoot at you. Mm -hmm. That is a really good point. If you think they've already if shot you at you. If you think they've already shot at you and that you guys are in a gunfight. But again, the only reason you're in this gunfight is because you have pursued them for seven and a half miles. Which is why you're probably going to prison. It's <laughs> there that part. It's not really almost what even happened at this part because we know you're hyped up and we know that you could probably get off on that other charge I was talking yeah. about where you're just scared for your life and you yeah. are defending yourself. But this defending the family, chasing them down the road, that whole thing was hard. Ugh. Okay. They also know exactly where the car was shot because they can tell it wasn't shot in this frontal position, the Medieval Times position, because of where the glass is on the ground. Yeah. So they have actual evidence. And then Keith shows that the glass is actually still there, which is wild. He wasn't shooting to disable the car at all. The placement of the shot is was basically he was using deadly force yeah. to kill the people in the car, yeah. to eliminate the threat. Yeah. So and he did. He shot the driver in the head. Oh, yeah. Even if he wasn't, even if the driver had been crouched or whatever, that's where he was aiming. Yeah. He at was the head. aiming his fire there. Yeah. So also we hear Jason, the trailer friend who was staying on the property. Jason's a bad friend. Jason tells on Chad right now. Oh, you're right. The last words that, that Chad said before he left to go on this seven mile road rage trip was, I'm going to go get those sons of bitches. And then Chad would say, what I meant was, I'm going to go get those sons of bees, dot, dot, dots, driver's license, so I can report them. Yeah. Apostrophe S, driver's license, so that I can report them. It's important to finish your thought. Yeah. That's because he That's says- the lesson. He, was, he just wanted their license plate. That's all he- He's going to try to get those sons of bees license plate. Yeah. That's all he wanted to do. Yeah. So I don't know. Also, I have a lot of questions about how he's holding an AR-15 while driving. Those Safe. are big guns, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. On a windy mountain road, 50 miles an hour. I'm scared on a windy mountain road in the middle of a yeah. sunny day. I'm going like 25. I, I am the one yeah. that is everyone's mad at because yeah, I, I don't want to. A deer is going to come out. Yeah, yeah. I can't deal with it. My hands are sweating. So Keith says, this is exactly what leads to hung juries. And DA Hollister says, absolutely. It's totally a fear. So just as the trial is winding down, there is a very important p bit of evidence arrives at the prosecution. And as Keith says, oh my, it's manna from heaven. We do get the manna from heaven line. I so. love the manna from heaven. Did you guess what it was? Well, you'd seen this a bunch. I, no, I did. No, I had completely oh. forgotten this part. Oh, I guess I was, it. And it's the first thing I thought about when we hear. I should have. Yeah. Didn't. Okay. So let me tell you what we're talking about. The bit of evidence that arrives is Chad's military background, the official documents. They got, they had to go through all the military red tape to get these actual documents of documenting his time in the military. So of course, he didn't lie about anything. He's been telling us the whole time. He was a ranger. He yeah. was in the army. It was part of his defense that he no. was just trained that way. And that's, he went into training mode. Yeah. So he was in the army. And had killed people overseas. So. He was in the army. Period. The end. No. So these records reveal he had never been a ranger. He was never 
under enemy fire overseas. He had not been overseas. <laughs> he had actually been discharged from army for forging <laughs> sick leave papers, bringing a personal firearm into the barracks, and wearing a combat infantry badge and a ranger badge, neither of which he was. He was not combat infantry, and he was not a ranger. This is bad for Chad. He literally said, I killed people overseas in the army. I know what I'm doing. I don't need to kill these kids in my own state. He mentioned his military record 27,000 times. He killed them in Call of Duty. He said, yeah. He He said, I'm an MF ranger. Those kids didn't stand a chance. I went into my training, and I had to neutralize the target. You didn't neutralize anything. He really wanted to be a a ranger, though. Why didn't you just be a ranger? And I would have been more on his side because so many veterans who do seek combat, and maybe ones who don't that lose people, suffer from a lot of PTSD and do need therapy. It's a very serious issue. Then to find out this is a whole nother set of issues, which is the faking of the military records. It's crazy. And the bummer is that Keith never gets to ask him about that. And I don't know why did the, those did that stuff come after Keith's interview? And so he didn't yes. get to it. We find out. I'll tell you why. Okay. Yeah. This mili- official military records basically shows him to be a liar. And I dare say not very red-blooded patriotic American. There you go. So... Was it going to be self-defense or murder? We get the kids crying. It's very, very sad. Carrie tells Keith at this point that she believes the jury is going to make the right decision. Can't imagine him not being home. Now is when we find out that all of Chad's interviews have been before the trial. There we go. So they never got to interview Chad after. I think they got Carrie, but I don't think they got Chad. Yeah. So Chad tells Keith before the trial, he's not going home. He thinks he's going to spend his life in prison. So... Don't know why he thought that. But because he, right. he doesn't have faith in the legal system, which is why he is starting his own government, the Republic oh. of Chad. Oh, that's right. He did say he didn't have faith in the le- the legal system and failed him for yeah. because they had arrested him or mm-hmm. who knows. So the jury took less than a day for them to find him full on guilty of first degree murder. He gets 84 years to life. Wow. And... Now we have Lewis and Rory's mom, Carol, sitting on a couch looking at pictures. And Keith tells us they are very close, which is very sweet, because I think it's very good of Justin Lewis, Smythe Lewis, to hang out Mm -hmm. with his mom because she lost her son, who's his age. And she said it's great to hang out with Lewis because he had a front row seat to basically all of Rory's life. So if you can't have Rory, you have this sort of surrogate son, which I think is very sweet. I think it's a very special relationship. Yeah. Carrie is very sad with Keith right now. She tells Keith that Chad was her soulmate and she will not be moving on to a new life after this. How dare you, Keith, imply that she should remarry? She is the most loyal I've seen, I think. Yeah. The cabin in the woods, like you said, was sold to pay legal fees. And Keith ends with, and 7.6 miles away, out there in the mountains, snow blanketed the meadow, hiding the only remnants of what happened. A few shards of glass and a little rock to mark the spot where a young man with so much potential was wasted. It was beautiful. And then I have a huge question in red here that says, what about the friends on the trailer? (laughs) (laughs) Were they allowed to use the toilet? Jason, 
What did you Tell see that night? Story. How was he? Were they drinking? That. Also, this is 4th of July weekend. Does Chad drink alcohol? They were sitting out on that porch with the AR-15. I feel like there might have been some beers. I have so many questions. Yeah. Not good. Now, the teens were probably also drinking, to be fair. I thought so, too. I didn't want to say it during, but I was like, blueberry vodka. The people who, maybe not Rory, but I maybe the guys in the back. Yeah. Maybe Rory. Honestly, we don't know. I would have loved to have gotten one more of the people in the car. Yeah. We just didn't get that many interviews, yeah. but I do get it. We also don't hear if Chad's appealing or not. I'm assuming he is. Uh, I believe. tell us. Yeah. I looked for information and it, I didn't find anything. So I know he's still in prison. Is he and, in Susanville? Oh, that would be good. With the two it's prisons. State prison. The two movie yeah. theaters that just air Cabin in the Woods over and over again. Yeah. That's what I imagine they are. That would be wild. Okay, do you have B-roll? Yeah, I have the dirt, dark dirt road, that oh, yeah. games warden, only his arms. Yeah. Weird. Chad proudly holding up some dead birds whenever they talk about his love of guns. There's a family photo of Chad and his family all in denim. No shade. There's one of my family all in denim. And mine. There, that was the thing. There's, that's still the things. What about the fly fishing? The fly fishing... The DA has an old school pencil sharpener on his wall that they keep showing. I got showing. that too. I kept looking at it and I was like, man, I, rem I remember with the, the boy smell. that you liked was sitting near the pencil yeah. sharpener, you'd go a bunch of times. I broke it again. Like even Tina. Though, even though you totally <laughs> have mechanical pencils. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And then Lewis is walking around drinking a non-branded coffee. And honestly, he I'm just sure happy is. he can walk. I thought he was going to lose his leg 1000% the way he described it. I was like, yeah. he's losing his leg. No. Me too. Do you find it strange that Lewis, Lewis, uh, Lewis, Smythe Lewis still has the same haircut that he had back then? And facial hair? That's wild to me. They show the picture of Rory and the gang. I was shocked that Lewis looked identical to that picture. Yeah. Still. And then we do get the time lapse at the beginning. I liked it. Time lapse in the high Sierras yeah. was Mark good. Yeah, market off your bingo cards. I'm sorry. We also get bears. Oh, yeah. Bears. There is bear B-roll. As long along and with the cows cow. and cow brands and happy being on Dateline. I have wrote solar lights for some reason <laughs> because Keith keeps talking about how cheap they are. He keeps saying four or five bucks tops. He keeps mentioning how cheap they were. Right. Sign is really what made them a target. It wasn't the lights. It really it's 100%. it was the signs, and it wasn't just that sign. There were other signs. This is the only sign that we could see. He put up signs all over the property. Which Those again can't be cheap. It make I just again I'm not a parent, but it makes your tranquil cabin in the woods feel like a war zone if you have those signs up all over. But if okay, but then again, the other side of it. I hate to keep playing devil's advocate, but if you're being broken into over and over, yeah, no, I get it. I totally, yeah, you're that right. That sign. The problem with that sign is what's on the sign. Yeah, I understand having a sign to be like, beware of dog, to try to scare people from coming there. Right, there is a that camera sign, on you right now. We are right. filming everything. Surveillance. Yeah, that makes you a target. That sign being like, I'm a tough guy. Mm -hmm. People are gonna mess with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People are going to use your cabin to do drugs. Yeah. That's the end of it. Did you have any title? Dateline enters the ROC zone. There we go. And then the hand in the tall grass. Oh, that's good. Because I really did. That movie has haunted me for the many years since I've seen it. It's been like at least three years. And it's I got to. I really want to watch it. Okay. 
I have to just it look and see if I've seen it. It scared me more than it should, considering its quality. Let's yeah. watch it, see if you can get over your fear. Yeah. Okay, how about scope of the crime? Yeah. Okay, how about escalation of tactics? That's just mm-hmm. a straight up thing. And then Republic of Bad. <laughs> oh, I love it. Lasering oh. in on the truth. That's good. I like Republic of Bad, though, much better. Republic of Bad seemed appropriate. Yeah. A Chad that was a true Chad. He wasn't yeah. a true Chad. He didn't surf. <laughs> This is a mountain Chad. Was mountain he in Chad a frat? Is, mountain know. Chad is totally different than Santa Monica Chad. Absolutely. These are two different Chads. Absolutely. Ne'er the twain shall meet. And they'd hate each other. Mm-hmm. They'd be bitter enemies if they met in real mm-hmm. life. Yeah, that's the way that goes. Thank you, everybody. Dare I say, let us know what you think, or is that just opening a can of worms? Just tell us you liked the episode and move along. Yeah, tell us you liked our episode. We tried to cover both sides. Look, it's a weird... This is a hard situation case for a lot of reasons, and everybody made bad decisions. Yeah. But one person made some deadly ones. Yeah. One person made the choice, made a few real bad decisions. Yeah. I think that's that. Follow yeah. us on Instagram. I think, yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Join our Supercast. Join our Patreon. We do very fun things. We're covering the trader right now. The, the traders. traders. Oh my gosh. The traders on Peacock, which has been really, really fun. We're enjoying that. Uh, and then we have, I believe, some other new things coming. Also, if you're enjoying the lovely MILF manner, you can hear me talk about it with Mary Payne on Pink Shade. Yes. And I'm talking about 90 Day the Other Way with Pink with Mary Payne. And that doesn't mean we're going to be doing less Patreon stuff. We might be doing tall grass. We might be doing tall grass, but we do have some other fun stuff planned. We certainly do. Get ready. Yeah. It's a big year. Thanks, everybody. Be your own bear spray. Be your own bear spray. Be the solar light you want to see in the world. Oh, that's beautiful. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Is it one of those survivory shows? Isn't Naked and Afraid, do they leave you in the woods? What are the shows where they have to build everything from scratch? Yes, but that's not what a Games Warden. The Games Warden, I think there is a show on National Geographic or one of those, and it follows the guys who have to go talk to the hunters if they report a dead animal they are like where how did it die i saw one with my dad and they're like oh we just um accidentally he just was dead and they're like well those are bullet holes and they're like oh well no that we just found him like that and they're like well it matches the gun in your car and you know that it's legal to hunt this kind of animal here and they're like no we didn't know we're not from around here oh boy just all of the excuses it's all of it's cops but with dead animals amazing And I don't know why I watched it because it was horrifying. Yeah, why did you watch? That's punishment. My dad watches weird shows. (gasps) So, and no booty calls. Nope. Now enter prominent defense attorney John. I hate to tell you, Carol, Mm. but they can do stuff under the table. Those visits are not conjugal. And I've seen it on Carol. Maybe I didn't want to know that. (laughs) You're not saving me from that. That's what I've learned from Love After Lockup and Sixties. But Chad's not doing. He's a red-blooded Christian American. He has needs, Katie. Oh, my gosh. I hope he's not American. <laughs> I'm embarrassed that he's American. I hope he was born in Canada. I, I really just, part of me just really wants him when to Hank be When Hank Hill like, finds out that he was born in New York and isn't a true Texan. Yes.
I want him to be born in Amsterdam. Yeah. And his mom's like, whoops. Okay. So anyways, 